Side Hustle Show 166, 10K a month blogging part-time. If you want to start a blog of your own, check out my free video series at blogstartercourse.com. I'll show you step-by-step how blogs make money and how to get your site online for less than you might think. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where each week we share ideas, action, and results toward building job-free income. This week is a Where Are They Now episode, a catch-up episode. I'm joined by Robert Farrington from thecollegeinvestor.com. Now, you might remember Robert from way back in the archives from 2013. He was on episode 10 of this show, so long-time listeners may remember Robert. Now, at that time, he was running six sites and earning three to four grand a month um, while still working full-time. So if, if we fast forward to 2016, he's cut his portfolio down to just three sites and really doubled down on his main breadwinner, the collegeinvestor.com. But now he's earning 10 grand a month, and yet he's still working full-time and has a two-year-old to fend off when he gets home too. So Robert is, is one of the nicest guys you'll meet, and I'm looking forward to finally hanging out in person down at FinCon in San Diego this fall. And on this call, he's going to share some of his ideas and tactics on narrowing down his content focus, driving a ton of traffic. He's up to 750. 50,000 page views a month and the unique ways he's found to monetize nearly every page on his site. Some really good stuff there. You can download a free PDF highlight reel with all of Robert's top tips from this conversation at sidehustlenation.com slash Robert or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Ready? Let's do it. You know, over the last couple of years, I've been really trying to focus and, um, I did a redesign last year of the site and really kind of narrowed it to the verticals that my readers uh, really cared about the most. So I, I looked at that from both the traffic generating perspective, what questions readers were asking me directly via email and in the comments and, you know, and, and really just said like, here's the verticals that I want to cover that make most sense. So it's really like, let's help people get out of debt and they can do that by earning more money. And then let's show them how to save and invest for the future. And then like that earning more money piece kind of plays a, a role in that as well. And it kind of relates to my story as well. Like I focused on getting out of student loan debt by hustling. Um, and then I started investing early in college and, you know, continue to hustle to this day with the college investor while working and stuff like that. The site is now six years old, seven years old. Yeah, it's like six and a half years old right now. It's going to be seven years. How, how many ways are there to to talk about, you know, getting rid of student debt. Like, is there, are you still having an easy time coming up with content ideas? You know, it's tough, but at the same time, the readers really kind of steer me in the right direction now. Um, You know, they're asking the questions. And then the other thing is, is uh, I've recently been going through and updating. So one of my like pillar pieces of content, like probably when we first did this episode uh, was the definitive guide to student loan debt. And I spent like the last month updating that piece of content. And a lot has changed in six years. And, you know, President Obama has passed different laws and there's new programs and different loan types. So a lot of the the basic fundamentals are the same. But, you know, some of the actionable pieces of advice that we're able to give the readers have changed. And then I'm always surprised, like readers continue to show up with different scenarios. So it's everyone has a different life and everyone has a different situation. And so there, there's different angles to kind of approach every problem, which 
you know, definitely lets you have some content opportunities out there. So how often are you publishing now? We're down to just three days a week. Um, so I publish an article like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is, sounds like a lot. But you know what I know? At the peak of the college investor, I was publishing, uh, let's say, every day I was publishing a small article. And Monday through Friday, I was publishing a long form article. So what's that, 12 articles a week at its peak? which is crazy to think about. Yeah, now. Well, there's some, there's some hustle involved to build this up. Yeah, there is. I mean, I think we're over a thousand articles on the site now, but today it's really about long form. We do, we do long form, like really quality in depth articles. What's, what's long form for you in terms of word count? I would say the minimum is probably about 800, but we probably average like 1500 to 2000 words. Um, I'm trying to be much more, uh, vigilant about having a good image, uh, maybe a chart, just something to make it pop and stand out because these are longer. You don't want just a wall of text. You do want to have something to break it up. Yeah. Um, so it really just trying to go for that quality over quantity kind of argument. Are you, are you writing all these yourself? Uh, I try to write two a week. I do have a um, full-time VA that writes one article a week for me as well. That's, uh, that's a lot of content. And I'm curious with a newborn, how you're getting that done. And I'm, I'm not even working full time and I can barely manage, you know, one, you know, written post a week. So, you know, where are you finding the, the time to get this done or any like productivity hacks for, for writers or bloggers? I mean, honestly, uh, I think it's, it's tough, but sometimes the ideas just come to me. So I'd say when I get an idea, I'll say I only probably get ideas once a month. But what I do when I like have like all these ideas start coming to me, maybe I'm watching something or I'm reading a, another article or whatnot. I just start writing them down. So I'm super diligent about just writing down like it's almost like headlines for the article. Like, let's write this. Let's write this. Let's write this. Okay. And then I just I drop them in the calendar. So I, I leverage CoSchedule, which is a fun tool for WordPress. It's a, you know, a editorial calendar with social media included. And so if you looked at my co-schedule, I have article ideas almost all the way out through like probably about three months in advance right now. Oh, wow. So really, when it comes down to it is I just got to sit down and pick one to write. And I, uh, I do it at night usually. I, the, the kid goes to bed about 8 p.m. every day. I usually spend some time with my wife. We watch some shows. Um, and then maybe about like 9.30, 10 o'clock, uh, I usually knock out an article, try to wrap that up by 11.30 or 12. You know, I do it on the weekends. I usually put in maybe two to three hours on a Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, really just use those nights and weekends. I schedule as much as I can in advance. So I do a lot of social media in advance. But I also do it on my mobile phone. And then I get up before work too. So, uh, you know, I, I get up at, you know, about 5.30 to 6 a.m. I hop online, respond to any comments, uh, hit up any social, send any emails and, you know, go from there. Is there a target net worth or income level that you're shooting for that, that would let you quit your job? Or is that just not something you're interested in? You know, it was something I was interested in back, uh, you know, back three, four years ago. So one of my, you know, original of the sites I had was beat the nine to five. And, and the goal was like, you know, I'm going to earn all this money online and I'm going to, I'm going to escape my day job and, you know, just go for it full time online. And, you know, uh, I think I, I've hit that income level on the side where I'm like, well, I could, but I actually really like my day job and my side hustle is going great. And, you know, family things balancing out pretty well. So like, I don't know if that's a goal of mine anymore. So I haven't really updated that site because I'm not doing that. I don't know if that's me, but like from an income level, like I think it's really just about maximizing our income. I'm trying to save as much as we can. We're saving about 40% of our income right now. I think that income gives us the options to kind of live the life we want. So like, for example, my wife's been able to stay home with our son. She doesn't work any longer and she, uh, you know, she just stays home with our kid. And I think that's awesome. Like it gives us the freedom to do that and still live in Southern California um, and kind of live the life we want to live. 
Yeah, that's a great position to be in where if work ever does start to suck, you'd be like, I'm out of here. I, I don't need this anymore. Yeah, I guess it, it, make, yeah, it gives you that different perspective. Like uh, I could leave at any time, and but I'm, I'm here because I want to be here. Yeah. And if that changes, I guess, you know, we can change. All right, let's dive into some of the growth tactics behind this thing. So this is a massive amount of traffic. So I'm curious, what have, you, what have been your most effective traffic strategies, whether that's social or, or SEO? I know you just mentioned co-schedule for kind of social sharing and stuff like that. What else, what else has been effective for you? Yeah, so I mean, I'll say like when we actually uh, looked at redesigning the site, I had someone kind of consult with me as a freelancer for uh, user experience. And you know, they're the ones that kind of told me and they were like, what, what messages are you trying to, to talk about here? What verticals do you want to cover? And so the first thing is we kind of figured out those verticals that you originally talked about was escaping student loan debt, earning more money, save more, invest. And so then we went through all of our content and we're like, does it fall in this vertical or not? And do we need to just get rid of it? Do we need to, to modify it? Do we need to change it? So I would say, you know, when we did the whole site redesign, we actually deleted about a third of my content. Just plain old, this is not relevant anymore. I'm hitting the delete button. Exactly. Like, you know what? This blog, I mean, it was five years old at that time. And there was, I don't know, probably close to a thousand blog posts. And it's like some of them were total crap. <laughs> I, sorry, you know, but I didn't know what I was doing five years, you know, when I first started. And I, I would I would literally like some of these articles I deleted, Nick, were like 200 words long. And I was like, why did I even write this? Were they, getting, were they getting any traffic? No. So they were, one, they were getting no traffic. They probably they had no social share. So those were some of the, the criteria that we looked at. Are they getting any traffic? Do they have any social share? Does this article still like convey the message that we want it to convey? Is it still relevant, right? Because like I was telling you, some of the programs have changed. Some of the, you know, so there's there's new there's new companies out there that help people. So is it still relevant? And then uh, I made a decision. Like, do I want to just delete it? I would say I deleted a lot of them. Do I want to update it? So I would say a good, you know, another 10% of my content I updated. I like I really like the topic. But, you know, maybe there's things that in it that needed to change, maybe make it more relevant to today. So I went through and did that and republished them using the same URL, but uh, just totally updated it and brought it up to today's uh, by changing the date in WordPress um, and updating it and resharing it. I really significantly, I would say, increased my traffic by, you know, one to two X just doing that. Okay, interesting. It's... Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you... I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? 
Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I, I saw or I heard Todd Dresser's talk on this at FinCon, and, and you can actually hear his whole breakdown strategy on the Smart Passive Income podcast recently. We'll link that up in the show notes. Like he makes a fascinating argument to you know do this content audit of your site, especially if your site's over two years old. You might have some stuff that's not relevant, that's not as high quality as it could be. And so I went through, I deleted like 500 old posts and I actually haven't seen the, you know, he saw like a big spike in traffic. I didn't really see that. But, uh, you know, the next phase would be to kind of consolidate some of this old stuff and uh, improve some of the uh, earlier content and all that. It's just kind of a fascinating, like when I originally heard his talk, I was like, that sounds like the worst idea ever. Like, why would I delete something from my site? Like, that's an extra avenue for someone to discover the site through Google or through whatever, like some kind of search. Um, so it just seemed kind of crazy. Yeah, but you know, like you said, I, I was looking at it and like, I think Google is getting very smart. And if you're thinking about like, you know, an interesting thought is that Google is they have to continue to deliver the best results in search or people necessarily won't use them anymore. You know, these articles were nowhere near the best thing out there. And they were, they probably, if you found those on my site, you'd probably be like, why do I ever want to look and read more of this guy's stuff? Like this article is total crap. So from both like a Google perspective and a user perspective, like the stuff that I was getting rid of was, it was poor quality content. I'm talking like, like I said, like 200 words. There was probably broken links in there. There was no images. Like it was bad. So like you would probably have gone to that and thought it was a scammy spam site. <laughs> okay. Not like your example of like, hey, this is the definitive guide to student debt. Like I'm, I'm going to set out to create the best piece of content on this topic that exists. And, and you know, I'm going to trust that Google and the readers are eventually going to, you know, reward me for that. Exactly. And I mean, when you talk about the best piece of content, I think that guide is about 25,000 words. Oh, and here, one post? Here's a, Jeez, that's like a book. It's a book. But here's how that thing evolved. So when I first published it, it was like, you know, eight chapters. And every chapter was its own blog post. And then we connected them all and made it look nice. So, you know, every, you know, eight chapters, were probably like 2,000 words long. You know, one of the SEO consultants that we used said, like, you should put this all on one page and make it one long web page, redirect all the individual pages to the one long web page, and you have a table of contents at the top to keep it you know, navigatable nicely. And we also added a chapter because we had to update the content for you know, 2016. Like I said, it was about five years old at the time, so things have changed. There was new stuff to share with our readers. Um, and since doing that, that, tra- that, that ebook went from, I guess it's an ebook, but really it's a guide, went from about like 100 you know, page views a month. And now it's about 800, 900. And then we've only republished it you know, about 
three months ago. So it's just recently been updated. And so I think just that whole process of updating it and getting everything in one spot and you know making it the best content out there makes a big difference. Plus what I've seen um, in, in limited tests, they, Google really seems to reward recency. So if you can update that timestamp on that post and, and you know from a user standpoint and from a Google standpoint, like I'm going to click on the one that says 2016 versus the one that says 2011. Exactly. And I think it makes sense. Like, you know, I think even the best evergreen content, if you start reading through it, like you can see things are dated because it doesn't really matter your space. Like there's new stuff coming out all the time. Whether you're talking about online marketing, whether you're talking about money topics, whether you're talking about parenting, right? Like there's new products and new ways of doing things that come out every single month. And not to say that your evergreen content isn't evergreen. Like I'm sure the, the key underlying message is probably good. But there's probably new tactics and strategies and links that you can include. And your site probably has new articles that probably highlight this to some extent, but your old articles don't link to them, you know? Are you heavy into social? Like, is there a college investor Facebook group or, or page that's driving a bunch of traffic? Are you heavy into Pinterest? Like, what's going on on, like, the social side? On the social side, we've had a lot of success. So I'll say Pinterest is my biggest social referrer. Me too. Out of nowhere. Crazy. Out of nowhere, it is crazy, but I'm terrible at I'm terrible <laughs> at int- images. Like I'm not gonna lie. So I will give full credit to my virtual assistant. She makes awesome Pinterest worthy images. But even on like money topics, Pinterest does great. And you know we have you know great images, and we have group boards, and we do that, and we have that all automated as well. But then I would say my number two is Facebook. And where I've had a lot of success on Facebook is about two and a half years ago, I created a private Facebook group for investing in personal finance. And that group just continues to grow because people are looking for personal finance and investing topics on Facebook. They're discovering the group. Some people actually discover them from my site, but I would say more people actually discover it from Facebook. And I'm not the only one that posts there. Lots of our readers post there, but I have a few volunteer moderators and we we really avoid the spam and it has to be value added. And a lot of people are posting questions and getting answers. And I, I just pop in and out because it's a fun read. But if I do post an article there, it does generate, you know, hundreds of visitors come from that um, Facebook group. Um, interesting. What's you want to plug the group if people want to go check it out? Yeah, straight like it sounds. It's uh, investing in personal finance group on Facebook. So keyword optimization. Uh, <laughs> keyword optimization. But you want to know something? When I found that when I I did this two years ago or so, there was no other investing groups on Facebook, and that's kind of what drove me to start it. And today we have over sixty three hundred members, and it's a closed group, so you you can apply for membership. We uh, we approve anyone that's not a spam bot, basically. And you'd be surprised. There's a lot of spammers out there. Like, oh my gosh, there is so much spam. But that's why I come to the group. And you probably know this, Nick, from yours. No, but that, I mean, that's awesome. That's a really cool tactic for, for just about any niche. And, and, and it's even cooler that people are discovering it organically through Facebook rather than, you know, all coming from your own site. Exactly. And I read a really interesting article and I, I can't tell you where it was, but it's kind of showing how, you know, Google is the dominant search engine for, you know, like the Internet. But more and more people are leveraging social sites as search engines. So, you know, they're using Pinterest as a search engine to find your pins. And that's how they're getting links to your site. And they're using Facebook to find topics. And that's how they're getting to your site. And so, you know, I think it's really important for anyone that's trying to build their thing, you know, build their brands up is realizing that all these social networks, they're being leveraged just like Google is. So while your individual group or your individual like page might not be that successful, people can find your stuff by searching on those sites and you'll get traffic that way. Now, for your uh, virtual assistant, I know you've mentioned her a couple of times. Where did you find her? 
So I actually hired another blogger in the personal finance space that was doing an awesome job and was looking for extra income opportunities. I uh, originally went through uh, the virtual staff finders like Chris Ducker's uh, company. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some success there, but you know, they, they just, they didn't get my niche. And it was really hard to get someone that knew personal finance enough without having to re-explain everything. So, um, you know, I used a, a virtual staff finder overseas for a little while, but I ended up just paying a lot more and coming over here. She works, she lives in the United States. She's a personal finance blogger with her own site. It's like a, a half mom blog, half personal finance blog. And she does amazing. So like exactly what I needed and someone to help me out. Cool. You just connected with her through like the FinCon Facebook group or something like that? No, I just, I don't even remember how I connected with her. I think, uh, yeah, I think another blogger might've introduced us. I can't even remember now. She's been with me for about three years as well. Okay. And so she's writing one article a week and, and doing the images and social stuff with Doing images, doing social stuff. Um, she helps me with uh, advertisers and some of my brands and uh, different things that we have going on there. And then she also takes care of uh, my other two sites that we still operate in the personal finance space. Do you mind, like, are you allowed to say how much you're paying her? Uh, yeah, I think I pay her right now $1,200 a month. Oh, wow. Oh, dude, yeah, that is a pretty nice uh, uh, wage or a pretty nice side hustle for her. You know, I also am a firm believer in like paying for, you know, I, I'm willing to pay top dollar if you are going to just like make my life so much easier. It's so much more worthwhile. And like, I don't want to lose her. So, you know, I will gladly pay for that. Okay. The next piece on the content side I wanted to talk about before we jump into uh, the monetization stuff is your forum on the site, which I think is a really interesting tactic. In addition to the Facebook group, you've got the forum, which is uh, just a breeding ground for user-generated content, which we know Google loves to to chew on. So when, when did you decide to start that? I started this last fall. So this forum is probably only about five months, maybe six months old at this point in time. And it really just came about because I was getting a lot of questions via like my contact form on my site. I would still get comments on my articles, but I was getting a ton of questions on my contact form. And, you know, uh, they were great questions, but a couple things is one, I felt bad because it was taking a lot of my time to answer them and I wanted to give them an answer, but then like, I was never getting any, like, I would help that person and that's great. And I love helping people, but like, there was no like future value of helping those people. So now when you email me on my contact form, I kind of lay out three ways that I can help you. So the first one I say is like, if you want one-on-one -on -one customized help, like check out my coaching program and I will coach you through like your student loan debt and help you find the best way to get out of student loan debt. Number two is post on our forums. You won't necessarily get a 100% personalized response, but we'll always respond to you there. Other people might respond to you as well, and you might actually find the answer that you're looking for. And, you know, I would say my forum gets about one to two posts a day. You know, a lot of them, all, it's all about student loan debt. There's not much else that goes on in my forum. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are asking about individual companies and repayment plans, and they're sharing scams that they've seen. Okay. And so those are like great things that we can help them with. But then it gets search traffic, too, from other people looking for that going forward. Yeah, that's the thing. Like whenever I'm searching for a question, like normally it's like a technical thing. Like, how do I fix my, you know, WordPress error or whatever? And it's like, it's always a forum that comes up or like, how do I do this in Excel? It's always like a forum that comes up because it's like somebody else has already asked that question. Exactly. And the cool thing is, is they've asked it in their own words. And it's like, as much as I really try to like relate to my readers and write content in their language, like there's still something to be said with readers typing and sharing it in their own words. And that's, I think, really valuable as well for search and what other people are looking for. Did you have to do dummy posts? Or like, how did you seed the forum initially? Because it's like, 
that's a really tough thing to get off the ground. It's like, oh, I don't want to go over here. It's a ghost town. No, I, honestly, I just started the forum and then I sent it out to my email list and said, hey, like we're opening the forums. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's it's definitely, I think there's 344 users today. Uh, there's 230 posts. So it's not huge. Like I'm not competing with Mr. Money Mustache here. That guy gets like, you know, a million posts in his forum. I, I get a few, but the few that I get are very targeted and, you know, we're looking to help people and really specific topics when it comes to like student loan debt. Is it just like kind of a plugin or what software are you using to run it? So I actually have it hosted on its own server and I use uh, Simple Machine Forums. And uh, it's its own, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly how it works. I, I paid a developer to do it, but it's on its own site and it redirects and works out just fine. But that way it doesn't impact uh, the college investor at all. <laughs> I think that's a really interesting tactic to go about for, for any kind of blog that might have user questions. And, and I, like, I like that tactic on the contact form. Here's a way to uh, to gently urge people in a way that you know help can potentially help more than one person at a time and, and serves you by having some content indexed. Exactly. And it's not that I don't want to help the people. It's just, honestly, I'm getting to a point where I don't have the time. Like, uh, I'm surprised. And like, I remember listening to Pat Flynn's podcast, maybe like four years ago. He's like, I just don't have the. I'm getting like 10,000 emails or whatever. And it's like, yeah, someday I'll get there, right? Like people are really going to email me, but I really do get like 10 to 20 people hitting me up on my contact form, like almost daily now. Stressful. Yeah, it is. Because it's like, you feel bad. Like, I want to help you. I want to answer you. And I want to give you good advice. And we still try to hit up the forums, but now I just make a routine of it. I usually go on my forums, uh, you know, once or twice a week and I answer any questions there. And I've actually seen other people, like other users are responding to other users every now and then, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. That's that's the favorite part of the, uh, the Facebook group that I run is that now there's these interactions and these connections happening without my involvement at all. It's kind of like this magical, uh, this magical community. That's, uh, that's pretty sweet to see. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. 
So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Let's talk money. Let's talk about how this thing is ringing the cash register. Yeah. You know, well, the biggest driver of that is affiliate advertising. So, you know, we partner with brands um, using several affiliate platforms, Commission Junction, Flex Offers. That's about 30%. 20% display advertising, 20% like sponsored campaigns, you know, direct sponsored posts on our site. 10% is like my product sales. So we were talking a little bit about the coaching programs that I offer and different little one-off products that I've created. Then we did 10% freelance writing. So I still do write for other places from time to time, but I've scaled that back dramatically in the last six months. And I do about 10% as like consulting for brands. And that's where I'm actually working one-on-one with brands. And usually it's about how to marketing campaign. So helping them run sponsored campaigns and different things like that. Quite a diversified uh, stream there. I think that's key. So I think, you know, it's so hard to rely on one or the other. Um, and things just kind of emerge as you continue to grow your site. Let's talk about the affiliate channel first. Sounds like that's maybe the biggest piece of the pie. Where do you go about finding potential products or services to offer that you think might be a good fit? Or is every post monetized? Over the last year, when I did my content audit, I really asked myself too, like, how am I monetizing this article? You always have display ads. Like that's kind of like my default cop out. Like if I really can't find anything, well, at least there's like an AdSense ad being displayed there. But yeah, I really try to do the affiliate advertising. And uh, one of the best tactics I actually ever found to boost your affiliate advertising income is to use Google Analytics. And you go down and you have to have, if you have the Yoast, um, not the SEO plugin, but the Yoast Analytics plugin installed on your WordPress site, it does click tracking for you. And if you actually go on your analytics, you can see where your users are clicking off your site. It's one of the behaviors. If you scroll down, you can see the behaviors and you can see the clicks and you can see outbound clicks and you can see where people are going. You see where they're clicking and then you just scour the internet, reach out to other bloggers and see if those uh, you know, places potentially have an affiliate program or maybe you can set one up with them. So I found a few of my outbound links. I could find them on Commission Junction or some of the big affiliate sites. Um, a couple other ones I reached out to and said like, hey, you know, I'd love to see if we can work out an affiliate deal. I'm already sending you like X number of visitors every single month, but I, you know, I'll promote this post and I'll see if I can send you more. Like, is that something that you'd be open to? And uh, between those two avenues, I've been able to monetize about 90% of my outbound clicks that are going to like a brand or a company. Now, if they're going to like a reference page or like the irs.gov or something, like definitely can't do anything there. But anything that's going to a brand or company, I've been able to get about 90% of those clicks through an affiliate link. Wow, that's that's pretty serious. Yeah, and th- the sad part is, is I went probably five years not doing that. <laughs> so you wonder how much you lost. <laughs> well, better, better late than never. Um, on, better late than never, right? On the sponsored post side, are you actively pitching different companies? Or at this point, are they coming to you and saying, hey, would you, would you write about us? At this point, most of them are coming to me. I haven't pitched a company in probably over a year at this point in time. But uh, you know, a lot of them I, I've been able to build relationships with. Leveraging conferences like FinCon have been a great opportunity for me to connect with the right people. And, you know, we'll be able to build those relationships over time. And a lot of companies now will do like the same thing, like every year, kind of correlating with their businesses. What do you charge for a sponsored post these days? Uh, I tried to charge somewhere between $1,500 and $2,000 for a sponsored post. Boom. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. But, but here's the thing is that you also get a lot less. 
So, you know, I, I might get one or two of those a month. So you also don't want to inundate your readers with like, hey, here's sponsored post, sponsored post, sponsored post every time. Exactly. And it has to be the right fit. So, I mean, I, I, I would tell you, like, if I, you went back five years ago, and probably one of the reasons we needed a content audit, too, is I, I would take anything. Like, oh, my God, do you want to pay me to put content on my site? Hell, yeah. Like, let's do it. And I, I had to go clean up a lot of that stuff because it, like, didn't make any sense for the readers. Like, you know, I was just taking the money. Um, and now it does have to be a right fit. And I have said no. And, you know, the first time you say no to a sponsored post, you're like, did I just do that? But you have to kind of think about the long-term game on that one. With some of the content that isn't necessarily monetized through an affiliate relationship or something, like if there is no real product that you're recommending, so I guess half of the, probably a lot more than that, of the content on my side is purely just like, content marketing to, you know, get eyeballs, get visitors to site, provide some helpful content. And, you know, maybe the goal is to drive email signups or something like that. Do you have a a goal in mind for like the non-monetized posts? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, email signups are great. And sometimes that is my goal on the site on a different article because my email funnels also run towards pushing people into my coaching program. So, you know, that's not a bad one. But one of the things I've taken to is kind of creating low dollar products. And I, I stole this straight out of the mom blog space. Cause like these mom blogs, and my wife was showing me this, is that they have like printables, which are essentially like PDF files of like like one page PDF file that they'll charge like five, 10 bucks for, like super cheap. But like literally it's just a PDF. And like, I'd say a lot of mom blogs are doing this and they're making a killing on it. <laughs> So I was like, well, I want to do something like that. So on some of my top posts that like I really just couldn't find an affiliate angle for, I made some of my own products and I made a, a couple downloadable like one page PDFs that I use. I charge sell through Gumroad for like seven, nine bucks. Um, a good example is uh, I have a resume like article. It's like, you know, how to write the best resume for right after you graduate college, like when you don't have any experience. And what I did was I put together three mock resumes and three cover letters and bundled them up in a zip file. And I sell those on Gumroad, I think, for nine bucks. And every year, right about, I don't know, it's coming up here in May, June, July, when people are starting to graduate college, like that, that post gets a ton of traffic and I'll sell several of those a day. So it's nice because I never had an angle to sell it or I never had like an affiliate angle, but now I have a little product that I can sell and earn some extra money from that, that, that program or that, that page. How do you decide what content to like put behind that paywall and what to you know give away to you know attract visitors and traffic that's always that's always something that I struggle with it is and I still struggle with that and honestly I don't have a great answer for you except try it so that's really what I did is uh, you know the cool thing with online sales is it's free like to set up gumroad and like do all this stuff it doesn't cost you anything unless you sell something so for me to put together a couple of resumes and put them in a zip file and upload them to Gumroad, uh, it probably took an hour of my time. And, and now I get that money back forever. So I'd say it doesn't, the only thing that's going to hurt you is your time to try it out. Well, Robert, this is a, a fascinating conversation, tons of, of tips and insights, and really exciting to see where you've come with this. And we'll do another another update in another two and a half, three years, and, and you'll be at you know, 20, 40 grand a month or something like that. Crazy. Check them out, thecollegeinvestor.com. And uh, we should wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. You remember what you said in 2013? No, what did I say in 2013? I got to know. Network and get to know others in your niche and to take action. That's still an amazing tip. But you know, here, here's for the 2016 version. The number one tip, especially for those that already have a blogger website, is is go through your Google Analytics, see what your visitors are doing. And I would say 
make more content around your top content and see how you can monetize that top content. Like I think we ignore the data sometimes. And for me, that data-driven approach has been very successful. I like it. Robert, thank you so much. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you soon. All right. I appreciate it, Nick. Now, my biggest takeaways from this chat with Robert, number one, build and be the single best resource on your topic. Like he talked about for the uh, the student loan stuff, be too good to ignore. That's what Google is looking for. And more importantly, that's what your readers are looking for. Uh, number two was to, um, for, for each piece of content you create, ask, what's the point of this? Is it to drive affiliate sales? Is it to drive email signups? Is it to, is it to drive display ad revenue? Now, Robert's points definitely got me thinking about how I can better utilize like all of the archive content that's out there uh, to to achieve these goals. Like if it's just sitting out there on the server on the internet for like what's what's the point of it? And this conversation kind of got me thinking about that. And takeaway number three was just eighty twenty on what's working. And then he kind of echoed that in his call to you know look at the analytics, see what people are specifically clicking on, asking about, and hey, see if you can double down on that and and make more make more money make more content like that and um and take it to the next level so you guys check out the collegeinvestor.com it's a beautifully designed and laid out site and and the site and in this conversation definitely had me jazzed up to kind of step up my blogging game and hopefully did the same for you of course all the notes and links from this episode are at sidehustlenation.com slash robert and if you missed any of the crucial nuggets odds are you can find them in the free pdf highlight reel which is available for download at that url sidehustlenation.com slash robert as well thank you so much for listening until next time let's go out there and make something happen and i'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 